Hello and welcome to the third mystical monorail of magic that is the great British Mickey Waffle. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the first two installments of the show. And if you're a first time listener, welcome aboard. It's good to have you. And click on that subscribe button so you can listen to what we've said before and for all that lies ahead of us on our podcast monorail journey. I'm John. I'm Walt for it on the dip boards. And we'll hopefully be ensuring we stay on the main beam throughout the show with my fellow wafflers all ready to share our journey around the great British Waffle Lagoon. Welcome aboard, everyone. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. First off, we've got Claire. Hi there. And we've got Peter. Hi. And Jill. Hi there. And Ben. Hello. Becca. Hello. Lloyd's with us. Hello, everybody. And we've got Sam as well. Hello. We're going to begin the show with our four-part challenge, one which I hope listeners start thinking about whether they've got their own plan to try something similar. We have our usual rules. Just as a reminder, the four-part challenge is a visit to all four of the main Walt Disney World parks in one day. You must experience one attraction, eat or drink one item, visit one character, and experience a show or a parade. So taking on that challenge is Lloyd. Over to you, Lloyd. All right. Thanks, John. Um, I like the way you use the word rules when about 75% of the uh, wafflers who have gone already have just flaunted those rules as far as they could. So I'm going to try and be a little bit stricter. Yeah, I'd say so. I didn't want to say a name. Don't want to embarrass her. But uh, yeah, Claire was using a time machine as well, wasn't she? Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) So anyway, we're going to be staying at um, Animal Kingdom Lodge. So we're going to get the bus over to uh, Magic Kingdom for extra magic hours in the morning to start our trip. We're going to get there for rope drop. And then once we've seen a little little bit of a show and the rope is actually dropped, we're going to head into the park and we're going to turn right. We're going to go up Main Street and we're going to turn right into Tomorrowland. Because it's not really the castle that really makes me feel like I'm in Disney and I'm on holiday. It's hearing that Tomorrowland music, that sort of dated yet retro yet futuristic yet plinky plunky kind of tomorrowland music is just it, it never it does change but it never sounds like it changes and i always feel uh feel like i'm definitely on holiday when i hear that we're going to get into tomorrowland and we're going to go straight to space mountain uh this is one of these rides where i was pretty scared of it as a kid and i remember even waiting outside it while my mum my dad and my brother rode it and then as i've got a little bit older i've just learned to love it and now it's one of my favorite rides, even though it's one of the biggest uh, bone shakers, I'd say, in the parks at the moment. The queue's pretty cool. It's all dark. It's, and the, uh, once you're off the ride as well, that moving walkway with the music again is pretty good. And then you exit into the gift shop, as they say. I remember one time coming off Space Mountain, they had um, drinks coasters, ceramic drinks coasters for Space Mountain. I don't know if anyone ever got the chance to buy them, but blink and they were all gone. So a little bit of, uh, of advice. If you see something in Disney World and you want it, buy it. Don't wait. Don't go back. Buy it at the time because we've never seen those again. So we're going to head from Space Mountain and we're going to um, we're going to go over to our first character meet. Now, when I was little, um, thinking about my heroes, I always wanted to meet the Main Street uh, Fire Chief. Um, but I don't think um, my lads are really inspired by their dad. So uh, they want to go and see Buzz Lightyear. He's their heroes. So that's going to be our first one. Go and meet Buzz Lightyear. Brody's uh, pretty enamored with Toy Story at the moment although we can't quite say to infinity and beyond, it's to Babinity, Ban Bond at the moment, bless him. So he'd love meeting Buzz Lightyear. 
And then we're going to uh, get our first snack. I'd love a Mickey pretzel, but you, you rarely see him in the parks before 11. You definitely don't see him on extra magic hours. So I'm just going to grab a coffee. It's my first snack. And then head into our show, which I don't know if this quite breaks the rules. We're going to go and see um, a session of um, the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Get the morning going, a little bit of a joke. Um, I don't know why I've always wanted to appear on the screen when they say Beauty and the Beast and, and they show the fella. I, I don't know why. I think it'd be nice to be captured there, but it's never been me so far. Um, and that would really conclude our mini trip to Magic Kingdom. Just Tomorrowland would save the rest for the rest of the trip. And then we're going to leave Magic Kingdom. We're going to get the boat over to the transportation and ticket center. And then we're going to grab the monorail and head over to Epcot. The doors will close and we'll hear that nice, familiar American voice. As we turn south, you can catch a glimpse of the spires of Space Mountain in the Magic Kingdom. Nearby is Disney's Contemporary Resort. And then when we're almost at our final destination of Epcot, beyond the trees ahead and to the right-hand side of our forward motion is Spaceship Earth. This 18-story geosphere marks the entrance to Epcot. And then we know we've arrived at Epcot for the first time in the stay as well. We're going to go into Epcot and we're going to turn right again. We're going to head to the Land Pavilion and we're going to ride Soaring. Um, this is Emma's favourite. Although the first time she rode it with me, she got trapped. We didn't realise she was trapped until the end when everyone else was leaving. We had to get a cast member to come over and release her because she decided to plug in the little child's strap into the uh, overhead harness, which you can't actually release until they press a little button on it. So that was nice. We were, uh, were the last ones to leave there. Uh, after Soaring... Um, we might hang around in the land pavilion if there's absolutely uh, if there's no queue, no line for living with the land. We might jump on that quickly, just have a bit of a double bill in that pavilion. We'll then head out, and um, my dad reckons there's the cheapest beer in Disney if you go around World Showcase and the little stall outside China. He makes out you can get one of the uh, you can get a full beer for four dollars. Now, John, you're going to have to tell me if that's true or not when you go. As beers are normally $8, I think it's pretty good getting one for half price, but I haven't been able to substantiate that little tale he told me. So we're going to avoid that. I'm not going to take that chance. We're going to head into Japan, and uh, as it's getting warmer in the morning, I'm going to grab a frozen Kirin as my snack. As we're on holiday, even though it's before midday, I can still have a frozen beer. Or if I'm a little bit peckish, I might head to the counter service behind the koi ponds in Japan and get something a little bit more substantial. But it depends how I'm feeling that day. And then our show again, maybe bending the rules a little bit, is going to be the drumming show in the uh, Japan Pavilion there. That's always pretty cool. And uh, the pavilion itself is just brilliant. We spend a lot of time in Japan going in that uh, big store. I forget what it's called. Um, someone will be able to tell me. Mooch around all the Japanese goods in there as well. For our character meet and greet in Epcot, we'd love it to still be Dreamfinder and Figment. Um, I'll put a little photo of when I met Dreamfinder and Figment in the show notes. Um, don't laugh at my attire or, or my haircut uh, or my face when I was, I think I was 11 years old. Um, so that's a shame we can't do that. So we're going to head over and we're going to meet Baymax and uh, have a little fist bump with Baymax or a, or a big, nice hug off Baymax just to get the morning going. And that concludes our little uh, trip to Epcot. We're going to head out the International Gateway and we're going to grab a boat over to Hollywood Studios. and then. It doesn't seem to be one of the most popular choices these days, but we're going to go over and we're going to ride Star Tours. Uh, it's a classic. It was used to be the first and only way that you could immerse yourself in the Star Wars universe. Obviously, these days, everyone knows there's a plethora of options available, but it used to be the only way. And it had that great shop as well outside the ride where you get all the Star Wars merchandise from. 
Used to have good old Rex as well. His first time flying as well as yours. Um, yeah, it was just a great ride. And it used to be in those times when um, you used to have off seasons in Disney, which don't happen anymore. You could ride Star Tours all evening. There would just be no queue. You could ride it back to back to back. It was great until you've just fed up of it. Well, that doesn't really happen anymore. Uh, we're going to grab our first uh, snack in uh, Hollywood Studios, and it's going to be a popcorn bucket. Uh, there's various different uh, collector's editions you can find in Hollywood Studios. I'd love to have got the AT-AT one uh, a few years ago. I believe there's some um, Toy Story ones, the uh, the little uh, little aliens, uh, little green alien popcorn buckets you can get now. Um, I'm going to munch some popcorn as we wander off towards Indiana Jones as our third show of the day. It's a classic. It's uh, quite stoic because it hasn't changed in 20, 25 years. The guy in the Hawaiian shirt still gets picked out. The guy in the Hawaiian shirt, spoiler alert, still gets punched and does a, a backwards roll. But it's still brilliant. And hearing that Raiders theme um, always sets me off. It just gives me goosebumps hearing the Indiana Jones theme. And then following the show, it's a little bit of a cheat again with my character meet. I'm going to wander down to the stage and I'm going to have a chat and meet some of the actors and stunt people that were involved in the show. I've done this in the past and they're not always um, around there, but I've been able to meet sort of the German mechanic who gets sliced up uh, by the plane. Not really, because I wouldn't be able to meet him otherwise. And a few other of the stunt people there. And I remember when I was little, I always either wanted to be a firefighter or a stuntman. So it was great going down and chatting to them uh, and you can still do it. Um, I have had another character meet in um, Hollywood Studios in the past. I met Chewie uh, last year, but it, it, it just got a bit weird. So uh, I, I wouldn't do that one again personally myself. It just, I don't know, because he couldn't talk. Uh, I didn't know what to say. It was just a little bit, a little bit funny. Um, so I don't think I'd meet Chewie again. Um, following our trip, Hollywood Studios, we're going to uh, end the day by heading off back close to our hotel to uh, Animal Kingdom. As it's getting warm in this uh, humid evening, we're going to grab a Dole Whip first from the uh, Tamu Tamu refreshments. And we're going to wander over to uh, Dino Land, I think they are at the moment, for uh, a meet with Chip and Dale. As they're always quite good fun and they do pretty good autographs as well for the kids. Uh, they're the most interesting autographs I think you'll find as well. We're going to uh, leave them behind and we're going to head into our show in Animal Kingdom, which is going to be Lion King. Love Nemo. Love the feeling of Nemo, but I've got great memories of the Lion King show uh, when we took Brody when he was 18 months old. And it was the um, can you feel the love tonight scene with the two birds flying around. I just remember a massive smile on his face and then he stood up and turned around and he gave me this lovely little kiss and a big hug. And so uh, that'll always, always stick with me that. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be the Lion King for our show. And then we're going to wander over to end our day as the, uh, the sun's going down. We're going to have a wander through Pandora with all the illuminated uh, items there and the nice lighting. And we're going to use our only fast pass of the day for Flight of Passage. Now, this isn't really because it's such a great ride, which it is. It's going to impress a lot of people when they ride it for the first time. But this, again, is just a little memory that's going to stay with me where I'm going to be able to ride this in the future with, with my two lads um, when they get old enough. But last time I was there, I got to ride this with my dad. And um, it's probably the last time we're going to be going to Disney World with them. You know, he's, he's turning 70. He's not old, old, but it's probably the last time we're going to go there. And I remember my mum and Emma had stayed back at the resort with, with Brody, and my dad and I had gone over and got the fast pass. We went on flight of passage. Dad didn't know what to expect. He was a little bit apprehensive because I'd, I'd almost just killed him on a Everest because I told him it was quite mild. 
and he'd had a heart condition earlier in the year. So he came off <laughs> a little bit, uh, not worse for wear, but he was a little bit shocked. And uh, I felt a little bit bad about that, but, it, but he was OK. And he, he was well enough to ride Flight of Passage. But we got on Flight of Passage. We had a fast pass, went straight through. The queue was great. Got on the ride. And then the ride's all sort of life affirming and bright. And you end the ride and the sun's going down and there's whales jumping in the water. It was just nice being having sharing that experience with my dad. And I, and I remember as we, we got off the ride and we were walking out the, uh, the post-ride queue and he didn't say anything. He just put his hand on my shoulder. And it was just a, it was a really nice experience to have with him. And it's going to be just a beautiful thing to be able to share that with, with my boys as I get older as well. So that's why we're ending the uh, end of the day in a really soppy way <laughs> on Flight of Passage. And that is my four-part challenge. That's absolutely superb, Lloyd. <clears throat> and I've got to say, you know, when you, you go to Animal Kingdom, that whole thing about sort of dad and son, you know, I know I'm a big fan of Nemo, but that certainly is a, a huge thing. That must be such a, that will be such a memory for you guys. You know, it's lovely yeah. to hear it. it. Really is. Yeah, it was absolutely um, amazing moment. Yeah, I was going to say to you, that trapped Emma getting trapped on soaring sounds a bit of a scary occasion. She doesn't listen. So at the beginning, when it's saying about young children, please fasten the extra strap between <laughs> your legs. She, when, as soon as we get to the airport going on holiday, she turns a little switch off in her brain and it doesn't turn back on until we land. And this is just one of many examples I can regale you with. So she just she'd only half listened to the announcer and she just plugged in this extra strap and then wondered everyone else's lap bar had raised. And then she it wasn't going anywhere for her. Oh, no. Oh, Let's her. hope she doesn't listen to that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. She, she wouldn't mind. This is probably one of the lighter stories about us. She, the, this sort of thing happens to us, so she won't mind with that at all. Oh, are we going to get a right to see this being a regular feature? There we go. Yeah, yeah. It could be. I think I'll write a New book. segment. Yeah. I must, admit, I must admit, Lloyd, I really liked your idea about the cheap beer at Epcot. So hopefully for the next show, I'll get back to everybody and there. Uh, We'll either, we'll either have that confirmed that it's the cheapest beer on the World Showcase or possibly every beer is 9 or $10, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, please confirm that because um, my dad was well chuffed with himself, but I never got to go back to Epcot that trip, so I never got to confirm that he was right. But uh, he's, he was pleased as punch. So you go and try it, John, and, and have a couple for us. I certainly will. And thanks for your four-part challenge, Lloyd. That was really, really interesting. And uh, what a fantastic day that, that you you would have if you managed to fit all of those things in and uh, it really sort of you did you did actually keep within the rules with your meet and greets as well so yes I was impressed with that take that say that Claire <laughs> <laughs> oh, rules were made to bro be broken <laughs> right our next waffler sharing her challenge is Becca who visited Walt Disney World on her honeymoon so over to you Becca Thanks, John. So for my four-part challenge, I'm going to be starting at Bay Lake Tower with a lake view room because it's absolutely gorgeous and a great way to start the morning. So I'm going to head over from there on the monorail to Epcot for opening at nine o'clock and I'm going to jump straight on to Test Track. Usually the queues aren't too bad that time of the morning, so I should be able to get on and off there fairly quickly. And then I'm going to head over to the first showing of Turtle Talk with Crush at about 9.40 for my show. 
before following that on with my meet and greet with joy and sadness I absolutely love inside out and joy and sadness are probably two of my favorite characters now by this point I'm going to be a bit hungry so I'm going to head over to the French pavilion in world showcase and get a get a ham and cheese croissant from the patisserie maybe a cheeky little chocolate tart as well after this i'm going to head out of the international gateway to hollywood studios and once there i'm going to go and see the 12 o'clock showing of indiana jones can't go wrong with a bit of indie great show always a good laugh now at this point i'm actually starting to feel like i'm copying lloyd a little bit because i'm now going to head over to starters again at this point of the day it's probably going to have the best queue so i can get everything done and it's star wars what more can i say so for my meet and greet here i'm gonna head over to see sorcerer mickey i've had a couple of absolutely absolutely excellent meet and greets with sorcerer mickey in the past the last one was for our fifth wedding anniversary he saw our uh, happily ever after badges and decided that he was going to be a vicar and remarry us it was absolutely hilarious so much fun now, i'm probably going to be feeling a little bit peckish so i'm going to head over to pixar place and grab one of those cookie num nums all that gooey chocolatey goodness yummy now i'm going to head over to animal kingdom where i'm going to use my fast passes for the day first one i'm going to use is going to be on carly river rapids it's going to be a nice warm day, so I'm going to be feeling really hot and could probably use a bit of a cool down at this point. I'm then going to head over to the meet and greet for Pocahontas about four o'clock-ish. She has her last one there, so I should be able to just catch that. I'm then going to use a second fast pass on a cheeky trip on Flight of Passage, because while you're in Animal Kingdom, you have to go on Flight of Passage. It's just an amazing ride and not one to be missed. My final fast pass of the day at Animal Kingdom is going to be Festival of the Lion King. Absolutely love this show. Absolutely love the Lion King. It's probably my favourite show in the whole of Disney World. After this, I'm probably going to be feeling a little bit hungry as I haven't had a proper meal since about half past ten this morning. So I'm going to hide over to Flame Tree Barbecue and have the pulled pork mac and cheese. Lovely, lovely, yummy food. Once I've finished there, I'm going to head over to Magic Kingdom for the last part of this full park challenge. I'm going to ride my favourite ride in the whole of Walt Disney World. That's Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Try and go on this ooh, at least three or four times every trip, if not more, if I can get away with it. I'm then going to head over to meet Rapunzel and Tiana, probably my third and fourth favourite princesses. And as they don't yet have a Moana meet and great, I'll have to stick with them for now. I'm then going to head over to Adventureland and Sunshine Tree Terrace where I can pick up a citrus swirl in preparation for watching Happily Ever After. So once that's finished, citrus swirl is all eaten. I can now head back over to Bay Lake Tower, nice little stroll, don't have to worry about those buses. And that's my four-part challenge. That sounds an absolutely fantastic day, Becca. I've got to say, that meet and greet with Mickey, remarrying you both, sounds absolutely superb. We'll put some pictures on the show notes, I'm sure we've got some somewhere. We had something similar in Disneyland Paris, um, not a 
not remarry, but I I gave Mickey a necklace to give to Jill for our anniversary, and he got down on one knee, and it was it was cool. That's lovely when you get such a personalised interaction with a with a character meet and greet. I think it makes a it's one of the things you come back from holiday and you always always remember it. It's yep. superb. It really is. He actually grabbed the autograph book from the people standing behind us to use as the um, Bible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's lovely. He's brilliant. Yeah, he is. It was interesting, Becca, to just see, you know, how your trip to Epcot brought about your joy and sadness uh, meet and greet. Because I think all of us on the Great British Mickey Waffle have been fascinated, disappointed or delighted at the news that has broken lately about Epcot. Whilst we will find out some news later in August at D23, we thought it was important that we shared some of these substantial changes that will impact on those visiting Epcot in the upcoming months. Jill's got something that she'd like to share with you, just so it helps your future planning. indeed well you may have noticed much wailing and gnashing of teeth on the internet recently following the news that several attractions are to close soon in epcot now when i say attractions don't panic all your favorite rides are safe and so is journey into imagination with figment however some other features of future world will soon be closing at least in their present locations it's rumoured that this might be part of something codenamed Project Gamma. But Disney haven't published anything under that particular banner. Banner? Bruce Banner? Gamma? No? Okay, moving on. More details are expected at the upcoming D23 Ex Expo in August, but here's what we know so far. Electric Umbrella, the quick service restaurant. Fountain View Starbucks and Club Cool will all soon close in their current locations. Those who prefer a burger to the more varied offerings available in World Showcase may need to eat outside Epcot, as the Liberty Inn at the American Pavilion has already closed to make way for a barbecue restaurant opening later this year. Starbucks fans can recaffeinate themselves at a new temporary location yet to be disclosed. And Club Cool will apparently reopen in a new capacity at a future merchandise location. So fear not. You should still be able to trick unsuspecting friends and loved ones into trying the Beverly. The character spot and the Baymax character meet will also close, as will Interventions East. Mouse Gear, for me, the best general shop in any Disney park, will close, but it will reopen in a temporary location and return in the newly reimagined future world. The Art of Disney shop will also close, but it will find a new home in the American Adventure gift shop. Pin Central will move to a temporary location and eventually move to the Camera Center. 
fountain of nations will also close. Now, most of these closures are going to happen in early September. Now, we know, of course, that big changes are already on the way for Epcot. Half of the Lever Legacy stones have already been removed. The new Guardians of the Galaxy ride and the Ratatouille ride are well underway. And Future World will also have a new space-themed restaurant. Now, since they already have Taste Track, I see what they did there, maybe they'd be up for calling their new restaurant Mission Spice? So, over to you, fellow wafflers. What are your thoughts? I'm just gutted sure. about Mary Skierman. <laughs> Mary Skier is one of the best Disney merch stores. It always has loads of stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's the main thing that I'm kind of gutted about. We never fail to buy when we go in there. We always buy something when we go in there. Yeah. It is a good shop. I can't believe they're removing the fountain. That's what I'm really disappointed in. That is a big surprise. It It, it is a big feature. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to be fascinated with what are they actually going to do with that. It's a huge area, isn't it? And there's a limit to how many shops that you can put in certain places and how much concrete they can relay in, in different areas. You know, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in two minds on this one. I, th- I think it's a really, really important move forward for Epcot. But at the same time, I think we will all find it quite sad to, to see some of the, the things disappear. And particularly, I'm particularly sad to see Baymax leave. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he appears somewhere else. I think it's been such a popular meeting great, especially also joy and sadness. I think Baymax could go to Japan. That would be quite quite good. Yeah, that's a good call, that. I like that. That'd be cool, yeah. Yeah. I can say I'm not sorry to see the closure of Electric Umbrella though. It's not my favourite restaurant. Where am I going to get my nuggets back on? <laughs> Where am I going to get my nuggets? <laughs> Maybe like in a slightly nicer restaurant with nuggets in instead. You can go and have Beverly at Club Cool. I can't actually remember what it tastes like. It's been such a long time since I tried it. It's really bitter. Mm. It's like like a mad sort of tonic water, isn't it? It's like a sort of bitter tonic water. Yeah, I I don't mind it either. It's all right. You can get it in the the Coca-Cola store. On the yeah. bar on the top, by a flight. Oh, I, w- I wouldn't pay for it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it. I'd never, I'd never lose like like anybody for it. It's it's an Italian drink, and uh, obviously, my family are Italian, and they have some very strange things. They have a, a an alcohol called chinar, which is made from artichoke. Hmm, uh, that's not very nice. <laughs> Although we've never seen it when we've been to Italy, and we've been to Italy a couple of times, we've never seen Beverly. <laughs> no, neither have I, Peter. I think they've uh, they've made those. very elusive. You're not going to the right areas. <laughs> Sam, you can go to Nine Dragons and get the battered uh, chicken for your nuggets. Thank you. Beaten sour chicken. Well, chicken balls. Sweet and sour. I hate sweet sour, it makes me bulk. Ask for the sauce on the side. <laughs> Do you know what bulk means in Scottish? I can, I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was hoping that Club Cool was going to be open for my May trip because I really wanted to trick my family into drinking it. Um, (laughs) Hopefully it will be open so I can get that on camera. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be good. I'll tell you the one as well that we might need need to consider for future episodes as well, Sam. Is we could um it was it Stanley Baxter used to do that there was it Paliamo Glasgow wasn't it yes <laughs> all these Glaswegian phrases and and sayings go and ask go and ask your parents all about Stanley Baxter and Paliamo Glasgow it was absolutely hilarious it's trying to explain what all these Glaswegian sayings are all about it's brilliant yeah like when I went to the Grand Day the last time uh, I went with like two of my English friends. Um, Chris and Lindsay and they just made fun of my slang constantly like I would say oh you dingied me and, and stuff like that and be like, they'd be like what the hell is dingied mean and they were just making fun of like Scottish slang and it was really funny Anything else about Epcot? I'm glad they're going to move a lot of them into temporary spaces so it's not like they're completely getting rid of everything because I don't know what they're going to do with that part of the park there's been lots of rumours of a new hotel being at the front of the park but whether that's going to happen or not I don't know I can't imagine them putting a hotel in the park. I don't know. It's it's weird because yeah, all, be all the plans that come out before about it was like it's going to be a bit like um, the contemporary where the monorail is going to run through it. But I don't know how they're going to do that, like build it over it. My guess is that's, that was the, um, the planning uh, permit that went for if you were looking at the front of Epcot on the right hand side, which is where they're, they're excavating and they're putting some solar panels yeah. and stuff at the moment. So... Whether they're then going to add a hotel there or not, we don't know. But A part of me is glad that um, Art of Disney won't be open because every time I go in there, I want to buy everything <laughs> and can. So a part of me is quite yeah. happy that I won't be able to do that anymore. You've got it at Disney Springs. I know. Oh, God, it's just everything in there is so stunning. And it's just like, one, it's too expensive, and two, there's no way I can get it home. What a comprehensive sort of review of what's happened so far. And let's see what D23 has to bring later this month. And as we look forward to the future of Epcot, we can also share the here and now with everybody from Disneyland Paris. Our very own Claire is only just back from a visit. And we thought that it'd be great to share that with you. Take it away, Claire. Thanks, John. I went off to Disneyland Paris with my two children, who are 16 and 6, for two nights last week. One of the main reasons for visiting was to experience the new Lion King and Jungle Book Festival, which is running in Paris until the 22nd of September this year. As we were there for just a short time, and I'd heard that the new show and all the other bits had been really busy, I decided to treat us to the Lion King signature package. So that included reserved VIP seating for the Rhythm of the Pride Lands show, and the option to reserve a slot for the djembe drumming class and a pre-bookable meet-and-greet with Minnie in her special safari outfit. It also included lunch at Hakuna Matata, which had a Rafiki and Mickey meet-and-greet, a special souvenir tiki cup each, and strangely, a €15 gift card per person, which suggests to me perhaps they overpriced the package in the first place. With my annual pass discount, the signature package costs us an extra £208, and that was for all three of us. 
I'll get back to whether I think it was worth the money shortly. The new festival is really fun, bright, vibrant and very loud. Four times a day, in the same way as the Princess and Pirate Parade and the Christmas Parade run. The Jungle Jive Parade travels in a pincer movement from It's a Small World at the top and the bottom of Main Street and it meets in the main hub where the characters and dancers perform a show on the raised plinths. The difference for this show is that Goofy in a ridiculously large turban also emerges from the castle followed by a band of traditional Indian doll drummers, classical Indian dancers, Chip and Dale or, should I say, Tick and Tack, Clarice, who is the female chipmunk in case you don't know her name, and an array of punkawallas with large peacock feather fans. They add to the festivities with drumming, dancing, shouting and general flamboyance. And I have to say, all the cast members involved in this bit of the show really genuinely looked like they were having a lot of fun. Then to add a bit more chaos, arrives a large float housing Baloo and King Louie and a pile of very strange de- strangely dressed dancers who jump off the float and finish the last 20 minutes of the show with lots of close-up guest interactions. I saw lots of them posing for selfies, um, generally being a bit daft and going up to anyone who had a camera or a phone out, so there's a tip. The whole thing was actually a wonderful mix of noise, chaos and craziness, which was really refreshing and a total change from the usual immaculately choreographed Disney shows and parades that we're used to seeing. After watching once from the hub, it sort of was a bit confusing, to be honest with you, because there was things going on in front of you, behind you, and at both sides, and it was hard to keep track of everything, and we worked out there was probably a better place to stand. Now, if you stand from the hub looking at the castle, at the bottom of the slope on the left-hand side, you'll see some ropes. The second time we watched it, we stood at those ropes in the corner. Not only do you get an amazing view of Goofy and the drummers who are emerging to join in the parade, but when they've passed, the cast members will then move the ropes and everyone can spread out along the bottom of the castle slope and have a brilliant view of what else is going on without being crushed. So there's my top tip from the great British Mickey Waffle. The rhythm of the Prideland show was something I had really been looking forward to. It had loads and loads of hype online, but I had avoided watching any full videos before going, so I could experience it for the first time when I was there. First of all, the new Frontierland Theatre is absolutely fantastic. And hurrah, the big posts inside have been removed, which means that everyone can actually see the stage now. The queue for us was really small, only six people in front of us due to the signature package. But a word of warning, there isn't any shade in the queue. So the 3,000 other people waiting for 60 minutes plus in 28 degree heat must have been melting. The show, thankfully, isn't anything like the Festival of the Lion King in in Walt Disney World. And that was my main concern, that I'd paid extra money for a complete copy of something I'd seen many times. But this time it was badly translated into French. So a huge relief to find that wasn't the case at all. The acrobatics in this show are almost worthy of Cirque du Soleil, with ropes and springs and bendy poles all being used. The actors playing the main roles were excellent, particularly Rafiki and Simba, and the whole cast, including the, the singers and the backing dancers, were fantastic. It was an amazing show and received a well-deserved standing ovation. 
which I expect is probably a fairly common occurrence. The djembe experience and the mini meet and greet were sadly not so successful, thanks to the wonderful Line Bertie app, which any regular DLP visitors will know is not the most reliable. We were unable, completely unable to pair our tickets to the app, meaning that we had to walk from two opposite sides of the park to reach the locations to book those activities. But when we arrived, we found they'd actually been completely booked out for the day. So we weren't able to experience either of them. Lunch at Hakuna Matata appears to have come in for the most criticism online. But actually, we thought the food was good. Although it became cold a bit quicker than we would have liked, this was partly due to character interaction. Yasai chicken, spiced meatballs, large shrimp, fried plantains, which are my favourite, and really lovely rice, followed by a slightly odd bright green but very Instagram-worthy soft-serve ice cream with sugar flowers, butterflies, and an odd disembodied Simba head. We think it was meant to be pineapple and coconut flavour, but the consistency and look was similar to toothpaste. It wasn't horrible, and both the kids actually ate theirs fine. Character interactions at Hakuna Matata were outstanding, though. Rafiki actually asked my son to look after his ceremonial stick, followed up by anointing him with berry juice, which presumably means he is now next in line to be king. It wasn't rushed at all, and both characters came back to the table two, three, maybe four times, which is the benefit of the small location. So, overall, was the signature package worth the money? Well, the lunch if we'd paid for it separately would have set us back about £100 for the three of us. That is really steep for what's essentially a counter-service meal, and I wouldn't have paid it had it not been included in the package. The show was really good, and if you deduct the €45 in the gift cards they gave us, we actually only paid about £60 for the drinks cups, reserved seating, and the djembe and mini non-events. I think that was okay. And I might pay it again. But I certainly wouldn't do it if I didn't have the annual pass 20% discount though. The rest of our time in Disneyland Paris was really, really good. Um, We did take Eurostar there and it was delayed on the way back, but that's not an unusual situation. We did manage to try a couple of the um, food rendezvous festival booths. And that was predominantly children having Nutella crepes and... I have to say, I did have a large glass of rosé wine because it was very hot and I needed to refresh myself. The queues were quite small, the weather was good and it was just a little pre-Disney, Disney Disney trip really, a warm-up for our summer vacation to, um, to America. So yeah, we had a great time. Oh, thanks, Claire. What a what a absolutely fantastic trip first and foremost and uh, there's some really, really good hints and tips in there. So if anybody is going to Disneyland Paris soon, you might need to just rewind a little bit and try and get some of those little nuggets of uh, information that Claire's given us there because uh, that parade sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was really fun, actually. And we watched it, uh, I think, through. And every time we saw something different, you know, it's got Mickey, it's got Minnie, Donald, Daisy, um, a whole host of different characters. Um, and they're really close up with guests as well. So they'll run along and high five and... Uh, in front of you and it's i say it's a little bit chaotic but it's really fun i think it's a bit of a lesson there for some of the uh, the orlando parks as well in reintroducing uh, 
parade parades in other parks that used to be there strangely enough yes no that sounded like fab that sounded like a lot of fun it was and it was really hot as well you know it was july and it was 28 30 degrees every day um so it was it was good weather the parks were really quiet as well it's before the main school holidays break up um so we saw lots of spanish people um hardly any french loads of scottish because they've obviously broken up already um but not many not many british you know english people who are still at school so um the the line the most we queued was actually about 20 minutes and that was weirdly for pirates of the caribbean one day um but other than that we queued no more than 15 minutes for anything Fingers crossed it'll be that quiet in August. <laughs> <laughs> Not so sure about that. Peter. We're used to 90-minute queues in Disney, so in Disney right. World in Orlando. So. Use, your, use your extra magic Ooh, time. Yeah. Use your extra magic time in your fast passes. You'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. And um, Dumbo's closed at the moment, so at least you don't have to queue for that. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Sounds amazing. We, we can't wait to see it in September. We have seen it on the uh, YouTube. We have seen some stuff about it on YouTube, and it looks spectacular. It yeah, looks- I, I was suitably impressed by the Lion King show, and I'm quite critical of these things because, you know, you see so many of them, and actually I was a bit like, mm, it's going to be the same. But it, it was fantastic. I would absolutely have done it again if the queue wasn't an hour and a half before every show. Was That's the problem at the moment. Orlando. No, not at all. Completely different. Well, it was obviously the same story. Still the Lion King. You know, yeah. spoiler, me faster dies. But, um, <laughs> no. but it's, um, it's done completely. It's far more akin to the West End show or the Broadway show. Uh, so some of the um, the music in it is the, the show version rather than the, the film. Um, there's no characters in it, as in like Timon and Pumbaa um so it's and it uses a lot of acrobatics which are amazing really really clever i've noticed they're doing a screening of it in um, the other park in studios so i think they have noticed that it's getting very popular and not everyone's gonna be able to see it i I agree i mean i've seen just today on i think it was on a facebook group people are queuing for 90 minutes in ridiculous heat just to get in Um, and so for that being able to go in at the signature package entrance which was you know yeah. completely separate and sit on some some really popular you know some great seats and see everything that that made it worthwhile really what's the new theater like it's amazing it it doesn't look that much different on the outside but when you go in um the benching has all been redone it's slightly better uh raking so you can see more further back um the stage has been extended and the uh, obviously the posts, as I said, have been removed. So it doesn't matter if you're in the back corner, you should be able to see everything. And they've changed the stage as well. So it's now a, a rotating stage in certain parts as well. Wow. Can you see the Orlando version sort of evolving into the, the, the DLP version? Would it work? <sighs> I hope not, to be honest with you. I quite like the Orlando version as it is. I think it works in the round quite nicely with the four different seating sections it's quite unique in its own right because of that so this is much more a stage show rather than um you know an interactive thing there's there's no guest participation in this yeah i think that's why i prefer 
I know it's good for the kids and stuff with the characters. I think that's one thing that was just missing for me. I know I chose it in a four-part challenge and I've been a bit of a hypocrite now, but <laughs> I think that was that was the one thing missing from the uh, Orlando version is I wanted it to be a bit more stagey and less animatronics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's nice to have different um, reasons to go to different parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. If, if you start yeah. having the same thing in every every part, like it's going to be like Ratatouille ride in Epcot, it's going to be a carbon copy of France. It's sort of one less reason to go there. Mm-hmm. I Agreed. just thought when you said Baymax Japan, did you mean like Disneyland Tokyo? Good reason to go to Japan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Over yeah. in, in Tokyo at the moment, no. No. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it's definitely worth the extra money or not? I think it's difficult to, because everyone's circumstances are different. Um, obviously, I had a, a discount anyway. So yeah. with the discount, yes, I think it was. Um, if I was paying full price, I would really have to consider it. And I think the make or break for me is the cost of the, the meal. So actually, when you look at the cost of that, it's 38 99 for adults and €35 Euros for children. Mm. And effectively, you're getting a quick service meal. So... Yeah. I think that's pretty steep. I think that's yeah. uh, I, if there wasn't the amazing ca- character interaction, I absolutely would not pay that. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't pay that in Disneyland. Wouldn't pay it in Disneyland Paris. Um, so I, having done it, I think it probably was worth the money that I paid. But uh, for a bigger family without a discount, I think probably if you suck up the queues, you can do it without. Thanks, Claire. Following on from such a great visit to Disneyland Paris, we're aware that this year marks the third anniversary of their version of the Food and Wine Festival. And 29th of August sees the start of the Epcot Food and Wine Festival for 2019. And this runs until November the 23rd. So, my fellow wafflers, I'm setting you all a question. From all the menus available, do you have a favourite and a least favourite? And I'm going to Claire first. Oh, I have been looking at these menus nonstop since they came out uh, about 10 days ago. Um, And absolutely, there are some things in there that I want to try and some I don't. But uh, other than the, I'm going to be a cheeky one, other than the jerk spice chicken and roasted plantain salad from Islands of the Caribbean, that's not what I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose the, um, go to the refreshment port and I am going to have a go at this year the duck coffee poutine with fig demi sauce and brie cheese fondue uh chips duck cheese sounds fantastic um poutine is one of those things that we always try we always want to try and we never quite get around to it but this one i'm going for in terms of the thing that i absolutely am not touching with a barge pole because i tried it last year uh, I took one for the team. I'm not doing it again. Uh, in 30 degree Orlando heat, the Guinness baby shake is going nowhere near me. I managed about two mouthfuls. It is truly disgusting. So they are my top and bottom choices. Very interesting. I like I like where you're going from. Let's go right around the table. Let's go to Peter. Hello. Well, pastry chef Peter here. And um, I'm going to talk about micro gastronomy. Um, I had some liquid nitrogen ice cream in, in Wales uh, last year, and it tasted lovely, smooth, brilliant. So this time I've gone for the 
liquid nitro chocolate almond truffle with warm whiskey caramel. I mean, what more could you want? There'll be smoke, liquid nitrogen, it's all scientific, it's pastry chef stuff, and whiskey caramel sounds really cool. What more could you want? My no is gonna upset some people. It's the Canadian cheddar cheese and bacon soup with pretzel roll from Canada. We had it last time we went and it tasted like wallpaper paste. I'm sorry, it was dull, 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 dull. Anyway, they're my <laughs> two. Not being controversial in any way there, Peter. It's always nice to hear you. It's quite an interesting choice looking at scientific versus traditional methods of cooking as well. Let's go to Jill. Well, as soon as you say charcuterie and cheese plate, you've got me, frankly. So I would go to the Appleseed Orchard booth and I would have charcuterie and cheese plate featuring Burton's Maplewood Farm Apple, ju apple Jack Brandy Barrel Aged Maple Syrup. Now, if you can still say it after you've eaten it, I'll be surprised. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Charcuterie is great. Cheese is great. And the maple syrup just sounds really lovely. Um, my no. Again, it's a rather strange one. It is the traditional Sicilian cannoli from the Italy booth. Now, I like a dessert. Trouble is, when we went to New York a few years back, I had the most amazing cannoli. And anyone I've tried anywhere since then has just not measured up to it. It's been a disappointment. So I think I'm going to leave that one where it is. Yeah, great choice there, Joe. Really impressive top and bottom of the league. Let's go to Ben next. Well, we've been to Food and Wine Festival, but we've not actually had anything from the food booths. So looking through the menus, there's a lot that's quite interesting. Um, my favourite, I'm going to copy Peter by saying the um, liquid nitro chocolate almond truffle with warm whiskey caramel from the chocolate studio looks amazing. What, what can you go wrong with chocolate and especially with liquid nitrogen too? Um, least favourite, I'm not sure how controversial this is, but we're going to France and it's escargot croissant with garlic and parsley. Just, I don't know what it is, but it just sounds disgusting. Just something that doesn't belong on a croissant, let alone with garlic and parsley. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment because when it gets to my, you might find something out as well. Let's go move swiftly on to Becca. What about you? Um, so I've gone for my favourite from Italy: the ravioli carbonara, parmesan and pecorino ravioli, egg yolk, cream and bacon. Mm, all sounds gorgeous. Do like me a bit of carbonara. Um, for my least favourite, the from the Australian booth. Grilled sweet and spicy bushberry shrimp with pineapple, pepper, onion and snap peas. Shrimp, pineapple, pepper, three of my least favourite foods. That would be a nightmare for me. Interesting choices. Lloyd, over to you. So I think uh, previous visits to Food and Wine Festival, uh, my favourites in the past have been the, uh, the New England lobster roll and a, a nice cold pint of uh, Hoppergeddon I had last time I was there, which was about a 7% IPA. Um, but I'm going to go a bit different. Um, I wanted to try the Canadian cheese uh, soup with the pretzel roll. But uh, as it's uh, supposedly tastes like wallpaper paste, uh, I don't know if I want to pay. I don't know if I want to pay for that experience, really. Um, so I'll give that a miss. Um, and you know what? I think I'm going to go for the croissant au escargot. Because A, 
most people don't like it. So it's almost like a little bit of showing off the fact I can eat it so easily. <laughs> and uh, B, it's always nice to try and trick Emma into eating it. Uh, she's had a little bite of it before thinking they were scallops. Well, after I told her they were scallops. And um, she would have forgotten by the next time we go. So I might try it, maybe slightly different angle, but the main objective is to get her to eat snails. Uh, so that's a that's that's a good little snack we can get. And then I think, um, what am I going to avoid? I think I'm going to avoid that um, liquid nitrogen um, chocolate snack. <laughs> Nitro- nitrogen, anything they put into like car tires, I don't want anywhere near my food really. I know it's a liquid form of nitrogen, but yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go anywhere near my chocolate. Um, but I think the main thing we're going to avoid is anything from Earth Eats with impossible in the title, because unlike what Tim Tracker will have you believe, it is impossible to create a meat tasting substance that's enjoyable to eat that isn't made from meat. Yeah, so they're going to be my best and worst, I think, of the uh, Epcot Food and Wine Festival this year. Thanks, Lloyd. Interesting choices. Sammy, what about you? Okay, so as you guys know, I'm the big non-foodie of the group. Uh, If it's not chips or nuggets, I'm not interested. But um, I trawled through all the menus trying to find something that I possibly could eat. I would never go to food and wine. I would never eat anything in food and wine. But for this task, I just picked some things. Um, So for what I liked, I went for a chocolate and hazelnut cake, which is a vanilla cake with chocolate and hazelnut mascarpone cream dipped in chocolate so I mean it doesn't really sound like you can go wrong there it seems pretty straightforward I'm a big fan of a vanilla flavor so I'm hoping that's what I would be able to taste and would enjoy and um, it was super easy for me to pick something I didn't like because it was basically all the menus (laughs) Um, but (laughs) but I actually hate seafood so the Brazilian seafood stew, like, just fills me with absolute dread. It features uh, scallops, shrimp, white fish, steamed rice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hate seafood. And then seafood in a stew, hard pass. Hard pass for me. Interesting call, because that's actually the one I've written down in front of me as the one I'd most like to try. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> no, I must admit, I mean, looked at some of the pictures of it. I've got to admit, if it's got that much seafood in it, I'm a real fan of seafood, and it just looks absolutely gorgeous. I've got to say, and we've never been able to do food and wine, so to choose something that would be my least favourite, I think would possibly be a little unfair because actually, I think it would be a absolute joy to go around world showcase and just taste so many different dishes that appeal either to the to the eye or to the smell but i must admit i'm going with what others have said before the escargot with a croissant just doesn't do it and i'm with lloyd earth food and things like that it's just not happening for me so they're they're my bottom of the bottom of the pile but food and wine time at disney park is such a memorable season of the year and i must do for many I'm sure in future episodes, we'll be able to share a lot more with you about our thoughts and experiences. And possibly you might even have some of your favourites and least favourites to share with us. So thanks, everyone, for sharing yours. To everyone listening, please make sure you subscribe to us on your podcast place of choice to ensure you don't miss any of our upcoming waffling amidst a whole load of food and wine. 
We've also been delighted that so many have been in touch for a Mickey mention. As always, it can be for anything you'd like to hear a shout out about. And this being the holiday season, we certainly have a certain smell of sun cream about all of our mentions this month. Ben is going to start us off. Our first Mickey mention is from Kaylee. Kaylee and her son Joseph are off to Orlando in August and looking forward to visiting Galaxy's Edge. This will be Joseph's sixth time to Walt Disney World. He'll be looking forward to staying at the Hard Rock Hotel and visiting Universal. He hopes to ride Hagrid's Magical Creatures motorcycle adventure before moving on to Walt Disney World to stay at the Polynesian Beach Club. He can't wait to see his favourite character, the number one Donald Duck. He's looking forward to being at Galaxy's Edge for opening day and making his mum and dad join the queue at 4am. Good luck, Kaylee and Joseph. Oh, wow. <laughs> opening day for Galaxy's Edge sounds just amazing. I'll have a great time. Sam. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say <laughs> I just wanted to say happy birthday to my dad. Um it's his birthday on the twenty sixth of August. So if you're listening, happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday. Happy dad. birthday, Dad. <laughs> happy birthday. Does Dad have a name? Yes, his name is Donnie. Happy birthday, Donnie. Happy birthday, Donnie. Donnie. Superb. And Peter, you've got a Mickey mention as well. Our next mention is for a waffler. It's for Ben from his lovely wife, Becca, to celebrate his birthday on the 14th of August. They'll be making their way to Disneyland Paris. Yay! Uh, we will be in the park for two days and staying overnight at the Hotel Cheyenne. We'll be travelling on Eurostar from Ebb's Fleet to Disneyland Paris via Lille to save some money so that we can spend it in the parks. We're both really excited to try what Disneyland Paris has to offer, and I know Ben is really looking forward to Illuminations. Have a great time, guys. Yay. Hey, fantastic. That sounds absolutely brilliant, that. Lloyd, you've got a Mickey Mansion as well. Yeah, this goes out to uh, our very own waffler, Claire and family. So it's Claire, Dan, Morgan, Millie. They're going to Walt Disney World on the 18th of August, so just round the corner now. They're staying in a large villa in Windsor Hills with Ian, Caroline, Rory and Lucy. And they'll be visiting all the parks whilst there. We've got some exciting things planned, some are surprises, so can't be mentioned. But Dan is doing the Undiscovered Future World Tour in Epcot. Morg has a surfing lesson at Typhoon Lagoon. And they have brunch at Maria and Enzo's and dinner at the Boathouse with Nikki and Simon when they join from New York. Mickey's not so scary Halloween party is planned. Costumes are ready and an Illuminations cruise to celebrate Ian and Caroline's wedding anniversary are all planned. Phew, exhausted just thinking about it. Yeah, having a great time, Claire, and that sounds a wonderful holiday you've got planned there as well. I've got a Mickey mention from Charlotte, who is Mason One on the Dib Boards. Strangely enough, somebody who came up to me last year on holiday on uh, Star Tours and actually said, I know you which was really, really quite scary. She's off to the land of the mouse for an eighth once-in-a-lifetime trip with a hubby and two kids. They've got a serious bug. Flying on the 1st of August for three weeks, staying in a one-bedroom villa at Old Key West for five nights with the dining plan. And it's their first time doing that, and so they're aiming to maximise character meals on this trip. Hitting the main ones of Chef Mickey's Garden Grill, Tusker House, 1900 Park Fair, and Crystal Palace. Charlotte then adds, we've eaten our body weight in Mickey Rice Krispie Treats. We'll be heading to a lovely dip villa 
at Lake Berkeley for the rest of our holiday. As well as Disney, the kids have asked to go kayaking again, which was a huge hit last year. And each year they say they'll go to the coast and hopefully this year they hope they'll actually make it. Countdown on the fridge is being crossed off each morning. And as each day passes, the excitement's levels are growing. Roll on the 1st of August. And she does say thank you for taking the time to read her very own mini waffle. Have a great time. Okay, I have another Mickey mention here. Hot off the press, in fact. And this is from Abby, who is Goldia on the dip. And having enjoyed her recent visit to Disneyland Paris with her daughter, she's about to embark on her fourth family trip to Walt Disney World. She'll be joined on her latest trip by her husband, David, and two children, Max and Kate. Unlike the past three visits, she's joined this time by her parents. Have a great time. Um, We look forward to reading all about it in your trip report, which, of course, you're going to do. And along with meeting up with our very own John on August the 1st. Two trip report writers covered. Enjoy your holiday. Have a great holiday, Abby. Have a great time. I've got a final mention here, and it's from Lynn Tartan Tink on the boards. And she says, could I have a mention for my daughter and myself? We are off on the 15th of August to celebrate Ailish's 21st birthday. She's looking forward to trying some Disney cocktails. We're staying at Port Orleans French Quarter and doing Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and H2O Glow at Typhoon Lagoon. Have a great time, Tarleton Tink and family. Hey, that sounds really, yeah. really exciting, doesn't it? That's, everyone sounds like they're going to have a great time. They do. Yeah. Not many people left in the UK by the sounds of it. <laughs> Last one, turn the light out. Yes. As, long as, as long as they're not in the queue for Flight of Passage, that's all. Uh... <laughs> no, they're going to be in the queue for Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> that's fine, I'm home by the they're time. Prob- if they're not in the queue already, they're too late. <laughs> <laughs> the queue starts at Gatwick. Yeah. That's the joke, isn't it? That's why they called it Galaxy's Edge, because that's where the queue starts. Ah. <laughs> Right, I'm off to pack my bags for my Blazer Glory trip. Hopefully, to meet a whole lot of our listeners in Orlando whilst I'm there, and hopefully home again in, in time to re- record the next show. In the meantime, you can keep in touch with us by contacting us at themickeywaffle at gmail.com, and it's all one word and all lowercase. So that's themickeywaffle at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Great British Mickey Waffle Forum on the Dib. And we're also live on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at GB Mickey Waffle. Please make sure you like and set up to receive notifications. And you can also listen to this podcast through a variety of different places, depending on whether you want to ask Alexa, Bob, Siri or whoever else to do it for you. We're on Apple Podcasts, iTunes Anchor, Podbeam, Spotify, and Stitcher. We all appreciate the time you've taken to listen to our waffle. As we depart this particular magical monorail journey, please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, mantengense Alejandro de las Pertas. Please mind the gap, and we look forward to seeing you all again real soon with us all on the great British Mickey waffle. Waffle on, everybody. Waffle on. Waffle on. Waffle on.